it's early in the morning. It is early in the morning. It's it's not even it's not even seven o'clock yet. Um, so I decided I have some time. I'll record a podcast now, um, and I thought I'd do it stationary because uh, last week and a few of the weeks I've I've recorded these while driving along in the Pewter Partner, but I don't think the old NVH levels in the uh, in the in the old Pewter Partner lend itself to good acoustics for recording a podcast um, it's a van it's a cheap French van so um, you know it's not one of its strong points um, noise levels and acoustics um, and also I, I don't want to do a walkie around one because um, like, that gets quite breathy um, normally I think I should I should just do them in my house um, for best acoustic quality although I think this parked up in the, in the van isn't too bad um, if you take out the, the engine and road noise I think it's acceptable enough, and you get a little bit of background cars moving around to give that automotive ambiance. Rambling away as, as normal. Um, while I'm talking about the future partner, just just one thing I I just didn't really cop until until this morning when I was listening to a podcast on my on my morning commute. Um, is it has it has a couple of little dongle things behind the steering wheel. Um, the one on the left is for the cruise control, which is baffling, um, and then. The one on the right-hand side is the audio controls, um, which is, you know, the usual volume up, down, scan through tracks, stations and all. One thing I didn't realize when you listen to podcasts is if you use the, the skip track function, because um, obviously you know, podcasts tend to be long format, rather than skipping like the whole podcast, what I'll do is it'll just jump ahead by 10 seconds or vice versa, reverse by 10 seconds, which is very handy because if you miss something, you can just flick back uh, 10 seconds. Or if what I find most um, convenient about the feature is that when ads come along, you can just skip ahead by 10 seconds. and um, Maybe it's more than 10 seconds, maybe it's 30 seconds. All I know is exactly, um, if you listen to the Auto Car, My Week in Cars podcast presented by Matt Pryor and Steve Cropley, um, which comes out on a Wednesday, it's what I was listening to this morning. Um, it's a good podcast worth a listen. Um, they have a they have a standardised ad. Um, it's not the one interjected by Acast or whoever else is your podcast provider. It's one it's one put in by them by themselves by Haymarket. Um, it's an ad for What Car Magazine. Which uh, does anyone li- still read What Car Magazine? But there you go. Um, and Matt Pryor, you know, goes. We're about to just take a quick break, then come back from and join us so as soon as you hear the ad start if you flick it it skips the ad perfectly and it kicks back in uh, to Matt Pryor welcoming you back from the ad break um, just a handy little feature so in case you're considering um, your next van purchase alright I, I assume it's from any so this is a 2000 and what year is this this is a 2021 uh, Peugeot partner um, I don't know if I, if, I don't know if Stellantis because they now own Peugeot and all the rest of the the, the former PSA um, brands. I don't know if they've carried over these uh, these dash controls um, or steering column controls. Um, but anything previous, Lantis anyway, will definitely have them. So anything from the PSA group um, will have them. Um, so you know, if that's a selling feature to you for your next uh, you know city runabout or commercial transport vehicle, there you go. I think the the skip function on the audio controls. Talking absolute bollocks. Um, yeah, very quiet motoring week. Again, didn't do any events. I I know most of the cars and coffees as they are tend to be on the first Sunday of every month. Would have been on weekend just gone, but 
I was in work on Saturday and I was very, very tired. I couldn't drag myself out of bed and it wasn't exactly the most beautiful Sunday morning either. Um, so I didn't attend anything. And chances are, now, look, if you saw anything interesting at Cars and Coffee at the weekend, do let me know. Um, but, you know, having got attended them over the years, it tends to be just the same 30 or 40 cars that you see every month. Um, not that there's any harm in that, but like there's only so many times you can see the same. Uh, you know, Toyota Corolla Estate, um, Jap Imports that some guys spit shined because um, it's his pride and joy. Which, again, all power to you, but it's hard to get enthused. Um, yeah, the same thing. Uh, I saw an Arnage, a Bentley Arnage T, um, late last week on the keys, which was nice to see. Because um, that's although the Arn- Arnage T, the whatever the final series, whatever they called it, was was a Volkswagen Audi group breathed upon Bentley and um, it was still the old design pre-merger um, of the companies um, I say merger the acquisition of Bentley by VAG um, so it's similar to say like the Diablo GT um, you know it's a, it's an it's old money design but with you know some of the flaws ironed out by a, a large um, OEM manufacturer um, it was in a nice kind of I suppose a dark navy royal blue whatever kind of colour you want to call it um, colour was very nice and like that's that's a Bentley to me I know like new Bentleys Volkswagen Audi Group Bentleys are now are, are, are um, they, you know, they're, they're they're lovely things um, the Continental GT is, has only gotten better with age um, yeah all, all the all the Volkswagen Audi Group era Bentleys are great Bentayga aside um, but you know the Arnage. That's that's to me that defines what a Bentley should be more so than more of the modern stuff. Although the the Mulzan, the Volkswagen Audi Group generation Mulzan, which is no longer in production, is a fantastic thing. But yeah, nice to see an Arnage. Um, I don't know. Did I see anything else really? Of no, I don't think I did. It's been a very 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 quiet week. Um, it's coming into winter now as well. Like all of the really nice stuff will be tucked away, um, and we're getting into the real banky cold wet winter. So yeah, not not much in that sense. Um, one thing I did notice uh, again, this is only yesterday I noticed. And it's something I've noticed a bit over the last few months. Um, now again, this is probably just me just spending too much time on the road and picking up on things um, that no one else really would. But I've noticed occasionally, especially on motorways, if if you, if you don't have you know recirculation on, so you have air coming in from the outside, then you're driving along, you get this pissy smell when you're driving along, and uh, you know a dual carriageway or, or a motorway. Um, it's very very faint it's not like overpowering like you've just wet yourself and you've it's it's seeped into the the upholstery but it's just this mild pissy smell and I am going to assume it's the ammonia burning off from AdBlue in modern diesel cars um, you know if anyone anyone else has a more logical um, explanation um, if that isn't logical enough do let me know um, blue has got to be like you have to put Ad blue into this van and um, look that's not my problem this has a fuel card um, but for 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 the uh, for someone who's running their own vehicle it's going to be a pain in the hole I think it's, it's every 10,000 kilometres you have to put it in um, and not most pumps have it uh, or you know, fuel stations have it at pumps so you have to buy a big plastic container and f- uh, fiddle around with a nozzle and stick it into a little tiny little hole beside the fuel cap because it has to be smaller so you don't put petrol in there and blah 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 
Um, just in a, like surely they could just maybe again maybe I'm wrong maybe because it wouldn't work in older diesels or it's detrimental to older, older diesels or something but surely they could put a small percentage into diesel and just have it in the in the diesel when you fill up I don't know I'm not an engineer someone can tell me differently um, yeah I just noticed that Piss, little, the, see if you notice it if you're, if you're driving along motorways um, and have the the, uh, the you know the vents open um, if you get this this pissy smell um, it probably won't be as common as time goes on because people are turning away from diesels. But yeah, you know, these are the, these are the inane things that I notice and then drivel onto you in this terrible podcast. Um, something else which I noticed this morning um, was placement of uh, dash and or windscreen accessories, i.e., dash cams, mobile phone holders, um, sat navs. Um, I I have a tiny which I have here just stuck onto the air vent a tiny little magnetic thing so the there's a little magnet on the back of my phone case so it just sticks to the centre console it's low down it's out of out of sight if I need it I can turn on for Google Maps or whatever it's just it's down like you know in the centre console as if it was if it was a touch screen on a car which is shit but phones are phones um, but some some of the placement I see people like I hate having any clutter on, on the windscreen. Um, like if I do like long go through the days of using a natural sat nav sat nav but if I had one it was tucked right down in the bottom right hand corner or obviously on the content left hand corner um, you know it's there you can just kind of you know just do, dip your eye down to it if you, just to keep an eye but it's not cluttering up the windscreen same with like tax disc and insurance holders tucked right down in the corner you see some people with like their phone holders like stuck like right in the center of the of the of the windscreen um and like dash cams in like the center of the windscreen um like completely in your eye line and it's like in the middle of the, like it's it it's so uh, intrusive and it's definitely blocking some of your sight lines um and the reason this, this stuck out to me was well, like early this morning driving in it was still dark obviously it's still dark now um there was a woman i could see she had so she had it in the center of of the windscreen and I could see clearly she was watching a YouTube video. Um, so she's watching a YouTube video in the middle of her windscreen while she's driving. Um, and just to add to the to the disgrace of this situation, um, she was watching the YouTube video in portrait. I don't know. As I said before, the barrier to entry to, to operating a motor vehicle is, is, is way too low. It's ridiculous. And then another thing that just gr- grinded my gears um, driving this morning was I was coming up a road in Rathgar, Rathgar, Rathmines, Ranla, Rathgar, Ramo, whatever, one of the oars. Um, I think Beechwood Road, I think it was called. It's a it's a residen- residential residential street with terraced houses either side and like on-street parking because no one has driveways. And I had to back, I had to go up that road, but I had to turn around and come back out. And then because it's one way, I had to go back out the wrong way. Simply because, um, so like, admittedly, these people were parked as close to the curb as they could be, um, in the in the parking bays in front of the houses, um. But it was an XC90, and then on the other side of the road was that fucking electric BMW thing that looks like a, a melted X5. Was it the iiix? Is that what it's called? Two giant cars, unnecessarily large cars, parked on either side of the road. As parked, as parked as well as they could be, admittedly. But because they were parked between each other, there wasn't enough space for me to get through on the one, in this one-way street. 
Uh, it reminds me of, li- of a Limmy video, Limmy the Scottish comedian. Wrong way down a one-way street. Check that out on YouTube. Um, yeah, so I couldn't get. It. I folded my mirrors in, but still, it was it was too it was too tight because I couldn't get by then the mirrors of of both the the BMW and the the Volvo. I think the Volvo had theirs folded in as well. I think they might have both actually had them folded in. Yeah, it was just like the two cars were too wide for the skinny road for me then to get down in my van, um, and I had to then go the wrong way now early in the morning there was nothing coming but I had to go the wrong way down wrong way down a one way street star um, check out that video um, yeah so like obnoxiously large cars in, in urban environments it's ridiculous and, and, and actually similar earlier on as well I was like someone was was backing out of a driveway um, onto a main road um, from from their driveway backing out onto a main road and because they were backing out they couldn't see it was me and several other cars coming up the road and they pulled out right in front of the car in front of me pulled out right in front of the car which had to jam on which caused all of us to jam on and no one no one rear-ended anyone but like I, I know they had to get out of their driveway and you know these things are difficult to do you can't you can't see past pillars and bushes and stuff but I know like maybe you, you can't get the opportunity but and like again, I'm I'm being facetious here a bit. It's like you know you can't choose where you live. Unfortunately, these days, you know, decisions of where you live is often uh, you know decided by financial factors rather than where you want to live. But if if I lived in a house, which I, I personally wouldn't choose a house with a driveway that backs onto a, a main road, it's just pain in the arse. Being getting just you know you're going to get stuck in traffic, or it's just hard to get in and out of. But if I did have a driveway that backed onto a main road, I would absolutely reverse into my driveway. Um, or if you're able to at least then when you turn in maneuver the car around so that it's then you know you can drive out forwards because it's just a hazard it's ridiculous I don't, I don't understand why people do it but there you go there's another thing that grinds my gears I'll stop talking nonsense now I've been recording for 13 minutes and talked absolute horse manure as usual um, anything going on in the motoring world um, I see speaking of obnoxious BMWs um the BMW is the, the XM that X, XM rose gold or whatever the fuck the giant horrendous ugly obnoxious overly powered BMW SUV there's one knocking around near where I live I, I, I think I put a picture of it up on, on my Instagram horrendous looking thing um, they, you know, they're celebrating the fact that they they've claimed the record uh, up Pike's Peak for a production SUV which like talk about a record that's you know who, who gives a toss I know it's marketing and you know there's people who drive XMs be like oh yeah I've got the I've got the fastest the fastest SUV out there man yeah what a no like oh, going back to the, the cars part like cars are just getting too fucking big No, nobody needs cars as big as they are it's ridiculous. My sister just bought a, a whatever current generation Hyundai Santa Fe because she needs something for the dog to go into. Um, but it's an obnoxiously large car. Nobody, speaking of there's a G wagon going by. Um, here's not this. That noise you're hearing is a, is a bin lorry. Um, well, you could mistake you could mistake a G wagon for a bin lorry. Um, your cars are just getting too big, and that thing, like that that BMW thing, is just burn it, ban it. Shit like that should be banned um, for many reasons. Um, speaking of records as well, Rimac, uh, Rimac, Rimac, whatever way you want to call it, uh, the Nevera again, another un, you know, 
meaningless record, but they have claimed the record for the fastest EV um, going in reverse. And they did 170 miles an hour in reverse. Wow. There is a there's a headline grabber, if ever there was one. Um, and then some, some interesting, if, if you think to find something, some, some EV news. Um, Kia are gone real bullish with their, they want to fast forward um, autonomous driving and make autonomous driving legal. Now, where do I sit on autonomous driving? Um, if it can be, we've seen like with safety features on modern vehicles, execution is pretty terrible. Um, so, autonomous vehicles, like there's so many ethical and safety um, considerations that have to be made. And obviously early doors, there's going to be flaws. If, if it can be well executed, I think it will be a, it will be a, a welcome feature for for something so like as I said, a barrier to entry for people driving. There's a lot of people out there who can't drive well, um, so them using autonomous vehicles, if the technology can be can be uh, executed perfectly, which I have my doubts about. But if it can, yes. And stuff like my mother, she's she's seventy seven years old. She doesn't like driving. Um, she's yet to pass her test. She's done her test nine times. She's on a provisional license. Um, she has to hang up her boots soon enough but she does need to go places occasionally um, and it, you know other than the fact she's not a great driver you know for her age she still is of sound body and mind um, so where's this lad going in this fire series he's backing in behind me um, so for someone like that you know for elderly people um, autonomous vehicles w- w- would be a good thing but one yes I think you know there has to be stringent, stringent testing and regulation about the safety and ethical um, nuances of the technology. They, 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 you know, it shouldn't be rushed. As Kia literally said, they want to push this this forward. Um, but also, I, I, I insist that it has to be optional. Like we can't all be driving around in autonomous vehicles. And um, one, because it rises the machines, they will kill us eventually. And um, but two, I like driving, and I also like the freedom, and I don't. I personally, I won't be pushed into modern vehicles um, anytime soon. Um, until stuff is outlawed, I will stick with the old school. Not that I'm a, a luddite; like I would have a, I would have an EV um, that once I can drive it myself, um, with as minimal amount of nannying safety features as possible. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um, but I do like combustion engines, and I will use them as long as I can. But I do also want to be able to drive myself as long as I can so that's that that's what do you think about autonomous driving do let me know um, then there's like this Chinese company Neo um, who are a uh, a a, um, a new uh, I wouldn't say a startup they've been around for a while in China but you know, one of these newer EV manufacturers um, they have a system they have a system in China and it is in parts of Europe I've never seen it now um, but they are going to be bringing it to the UK which means maybe Ireland will see it too they have um, battery stations that you can pull into and the autonomous driving will pull you into the battery station all this whole thing happens autonomously they will take the battery pack out replace it with a fully charged battery pack 
do a test, a health check on it, and then away you go. The whole thing takes two and a half minutes, which seems like an, a a, um, a neat solution to uh, to charging and range anxiety in the in the present. Um, but the way electric vehicles and battery technology is advancing, it does feel like a short term solution to uh, to an issue of, of electric vehicles. Um, I'd, be inter- I'd like to see it. It'd be a fun thing to experience it being done. But it seems like an awful lot of infrastructure and investment in something that probably won't be a thing for much longer. But um, an, an interesting solution. Um, it, better than you know sitting around in a fucking petrol station for fucking 45 minutes just trying to get fucking 60% charge, if you can find a charger. Um, I don't know. How, I think they can only store something like 30 batteries at a go, and then they're charged overnight. So, you know... You know, and I think I don't think I've ever seen a Neo. Maybe I have, and just don't recognise them. Um, but yeah, an, an interesting feature. Is it necessary? Hard to know. And then a final little bit of um, of of electric vehicle chatter. Um, there's a Chinese company which uh, called Leap Motor, which have been purchased, I believe, by Stellantis, who make these very small and affordable um, electric vehicles. They have this tiny little thing. That, kind of like a kind of k car sized has a which is a horrible looking car the, the fiat 500l but much smaller kind of in aesthetics and then the proportions are kind of k car sized it's, it's slightly bigger than a k car but it's a, it's an urban environment vehicle as 174 mile which whatever that is in in kilometers sorry excuse me bourbon 200 or something i saw kilometers uh, range and it sells in china for the equivalent of seven and a half thousand pounds sterling so what about 10 grand um, so it's interesting because they, they're going to they're going to start selling it in the UK, which means again we might see it here in in Ireland. Um, you know, so you know, probably by the time you put everything on it, I don't know how much it would cost here with fucking registration tax and exchange rates. But a ten grand, well, like seven and a half grand um, sterling uh, electric brand new electric vehicle. Now I assume it's quite Spartan. I'm sure you're not getting all the luxuries, but for something as a city runabout. Because um, I am all for electric vehicles in urban environments, I really am. Um, that could be a great solution, um, rather than going for these overly priced, um, too big um, vehicles that people are, are driving currently. Um, so check that out. The Leap Motor, I think it's called the, the C0, but just type in Leap Motor. Um, I'm sure you'll get it pretty pretty quickly. Um, I am running out of time, so I, do, I am, you know, technically on the clock and work here so i'll have to start wrapping this up it'll be a short enough episode probably about half an hour long um so i have to talk about uh, motorsport um quick one on the, the wec it was the final round of the wec uh one by toyota number eight um i can't remember actually the top three which is retarded of me i should be looking this stuff up before i start recording um i do know the number seven got punted off at the start by the cadillac which qualified quite well um but the, the cadillac locked up and spun out the uh the seven the seven had a slight chance if they if it won the race to beat the eight to the championship but the eight the number eight car was always going to win brendan hartley uh Kamui, and who else is in that car Again, i should look this stuff up um but yeah so it's, it's the end of the championship um so toyota won all the rounds bar Le Mans, um due to controversial kind of rule fiddling by the aco here is a ferrari uh what do you call it ggc4 luso whoa whoa can you hear it don't know if you could hear that there. Lovely V12 on Northern Irish plates. Because um, why would you register a Ferrari here if you have the, the means not to? 
Um, yeah, um, but the, I think the so like it was the last it was the last race as well down in the World Endurance Championship for LMP2 cars, which would be sad to see because LMP2 provided some great racing, and the um, the LMGTE um, the 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 closestly related um, to road car division um, of endurance racing, you know, so the, the 911 RSO and the um, the Aston Martin GTE and the, the Corvettes and stuff like that. Um, now they will they're being replaced by GT3 cars, which will be cool. As far as where most of the manufacturers are, you know, Porsche, Ferrari will be there, right? Um, I'm not sure if Aston Martin are going to be there next year, but the Aston Martin are going to be coming back. Chevrolet will be there with the Corvette amongst others um but the main so the final um lm lm gte um race winners were um the iron dames team in their in their 911 rsr so it's great to see the 911 take the final victory um because the 911 is the 911 um and an all-female crew to win um to win a wc race which is which is great to see because i am all for ladies in motorsport um as i'm sure most of us are um I'm not sure of the age of the ladies. Um, they're not old, obviously, but I don't know. They might be slightly slightly too old to be considering a, a single-seater career. Um, but just, you know, because obviously the pinnacle of motorsport, although some people do disagree, but it is the pinnacle of motorsport, is Formula 1. And we do all want to see a, a female Formula 1 driver. It would be great for everyone involved. Um, we don't want to see a token lady put in um, just because she's a lady, you know, we want someone there because they they can take it to the, the lads, and there's no reason why a female racing driver couldn't. I've always spoke about this before. It's just a numbers thing. There just aren't as many girls involved as there are boys. Um, but hopefully, it does happen soon. Um, so something like this, the victory by the Iron Dames team, might hopefully uh, inspire some other young ladies to get into motorsport. Because I don't think there's anyone really coming through the junior ranks that is um, that is you know being tipped to make it to Formula One. Um, but yes, more female drivers, a mixed gender grid on in Formula One. I would like to see because right? there's no there's no physical limitations, unlike some other sports that uh, ladies couldn't get involved in uh, in motor racing. Um, so speaking of Formula One, then um, we had the Brazilian Grand Prix uh, sprint race was a bit predictable, and not a whole lot happened. Max won. Uh, Lando started on pole, but Max got him at the very start. Oh, there was the was that was that the main race or was it the no, yeah sorry yes Lando Lando was on pole, but Max got him into the into the first corner, and then it was kind of just part of the course. Then uh, the Mercedes chewed up its tires, went backwards. The and so the the podium for the sprint race was Max Lando and Checo and Checo had a decent weekend um, after his recent troubles. Um, then the main race, uh, the start was a bit chaotic. Uh, Charles Leclerc had some sort of mechanical issue and he spun off on the formation lap, which was annoying. Um, and then the actual start, um, Albon kind of got squeezed by the two Haas and Hulkenberg clipped him and then he ended up clicking, clipping Magnussen. Bit of a, a messy, um, like they all kind of spun off, hit the wall. Um, I think it was Magnus New who who kind of rear-ended Piastri and then an errant tyre, which was a bit of a safety concern, which I'm sure will be investigated further. An errant tyre flew through the air and hit Daniel Ricciardo's rear wing. Thankfully, didn't hit him. Broke his rear wing. All that melee um, caused a red flag, 
which um, so everyone was brought into the pit lane um, it meant that the cars that were damaged um, there's an old 911 with a whale tail nice red proper uh, proper braces uh, city boy London 911 um, so yeah so Piastri's car was able to be fixed Ricardo's car was able to be fixed um, Hulkenberg's car was able to be fixed Magnussen Magnussen was able to continue the damage to his car was, was okay it was fine um, Charles's car wasn't able to get back to the pits um, in time because it was taken off to the side and there's not many good access roads around Sao Paulo which is a fantastic racetrack um, it just has some of the best racing we saw it in the sprint and in the main race you can follow you can you can take different lines you can battle it's a great great racetrack it's on the, it's on the calendar until 2030 thankfully um, hopefully long live the Brazilian Grand Prix it's brilliant um, so yeah um because they worked on Piastri and Ricardo's car in the garages, um, they essentially they had to start from the pit lane, and they essentially then were a lap down. Um, so yeah, that really needs to be kind of looked into because um, they worked on um, Hulkenberg's car in the in the pit lane itself in the queue of cars. He was able to take the normal start, um, in all the melee, um, Lando who had his um, his qualifying scuppered due to the rain um, in qualifying. Um, he should have started further up. He started. I think he started sixth, but all the melee, he ended up second for the restart. Um, he did challenge uh, Max uh, early on in the race, um, but it was it was one one chance that he had, and he didn't manage to make it stick. And then after that, Max just controlled the pace. Uh, Lando was kind of all alone in second. Um, and third place. Well, oh yeah so the Alonso and Stroll had a pretty decent qualifying they got lucky with the rain because they got out early so they, they qualified third and fourth um, and um, yeah so Alonso managed to hold third and he was in third for the, the entire race um, well for most of the race um, he was pulling away the, the Mercs started to go backwards um, again because of their tyre deg um, eventually Russell had to retire due to some sort of mechanical issue um, and science was kind of a, a lowly fifth throughout the race um, but Perez eventually came through and was in fourth and he was charging after uh, Alonso for lap after lap after lap and Alonso was just very clever coming out of the final corner taking a wider line and he managed to get more traction which meant he was able to pull a gap going down the pit straight um, that Perez wasn't close enough to him to, to use the DRS to get him going into in, well, one at the end of the in, into turn one or close enough to get him into turn four um, then on lap 70 Perez finally did get past Alonso and we're like oh Alonso pulling off one of his great defensive uh, drives um, something he's just spectacular at um, and Perez got ahead we thought that was it Perez got the final podium position but then on the last lap lap 71 Alonso saw an opportunity to get Perez again with DRS into, into turn 4 and he made the move it was tight he made it stick and then they had a drag to the line coming out of the final corner and Alonso just beat Perez by 0.058 of a second to get third place back on the podium and it was great to see it was a great battle great respect between the two drivers um, I wouldn't say it's a turn of form for, for Aston they just had a, a, a good weekend reverting back to their old car um, I still think McLaren will have them um, for second in the or sorry for fourth in the Constructors' Championship but it was great to see Alonso back on the podium. It was a great podium. Max obviously looked well deserved. He's he's the he's the king of the crop at the moment. Lando at a very well deserved second. 
it's great to see Alonso up there in third. Perez, decent weekend after his you know recent troubles in fourth. Science was fifth. Sixth was I think possibly Gasly. Um, seventh, um, seventh I think was Sonoda. Eighth was Hamilton. Ninth was Ocon I think, and like tenth. I'll have to go back through that again. But um, yeah, a deal, great, a great racing um, in, in Interlagos. Next race is going to be Vegas. Um, some people are like, oh, yeah, I can't believe diehard fans, which, you know, look, I, I'll wait until until the race actually happens before I make any judgment on it. But a lot of diehard fans are like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're going to Vegas, going to strip so it's Americanizing Formula One. Blah, blah. Let's not forget that Formula One did race in Vegas before um, in the in the mid to late 80s for, I think, three or four seasons in, in the Caesar Palace car park. It was terrible, um, hence why it didn't stay on the calendar. Um, but everyone's just kind of like, you know, oh my God, Formula One's selling out. I was like, this has always been Formula One. Formula One's always done things like this. It's always wanted to try and break America. It's having its best chance at doing that at the moment. We'll see how the Vegas race works out. It's going to be a spectacle. Um, it's strange. They're having it at, you know, it'll be at night in Vegas. Um, um, so it's going to be quite cold, they reckon. It's going to be possibly four degrees. Um, so I think that maybe they should look at, you know, swapping Vegas with Qatar next year because it was too hot in Qatar. It's going to be possibly too cold in Vegas. The track layout, I don't know, it doesn't look great. But again, we shall see. No point in judging these things until they happen. Um, it, uh, it'll be on 6 a.m. Our, our time due to the way they're having it at 9 p.m. Saturday night in uh, in Vegas. So uh, we'll see. It's not this weekend. It's the weekend after. Um, so I won't talk too much about it. Um, so I'll start wrapping some now because I'm at 33 minutes and I do actually have to do some work now in a moment um, so I'll wrap up I don't have a YouTube channel this week because I think I've exhausted YouTube channel recommendations there's only so many ones that are worth recommending or I, I've, I've also I've also paired back how much YouTube I watch because I don't know how I have nothing going on in my life and I don't know how people find time to watch all the shit all the shitty TV programs and shit that's on YouTube and blah 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 anyway I don't have a YouTube channel Um the music, I'll obviously I'll recommend. I, like again, this is, you've probably all heard this, and you know it's, you've been living under a rock if you haven't been aware of it. But I'm not a huge Beatles fan or anything. Like I appreciate their music, and um, so but a lot of music, I'm just so from the past. I'm a bit of a philistine simply because I like music of the current. I like to be involved what's what's in the here and now. But look, I, I do appreciate the Beatles. You know, just they've you know they are they are a, a legendary group. And they changed music. You, you, you could argue. Anyway, they brought out what will be the last new Beatles song. Um, it's from a demo that uh, John Lennon recorded back in the day. Um, they tried to they tried to remake it back in the nineties um, with George, um, who unfortunately no longer with us. Um, but they've, they've you know with, with technology advancing, they they gave it another go. And um, at first, I wasn't sure, but it's really grown on me. It is a very beautiful song. Um, so the last uh, ever Beatles song was it called N- Now and Then I think that's what it's called isn't it yeah well, I'm sure everyone's heard it but if you haven't you know do yourself a favour and check it out it's a it's a, a momentous period in, in music history the final ever new Beatles song um, and then my classified find of the week um, it's um, you go and done deal search 1989 mini sky rose pink because that's the description on the ad it's a I assume it's been resprayed because it's a lovely paint job if you're into pink cars. Um, sky rose pink is the colour. Um, look, I'm down with it. It'll be fine, you know. You know, real men drive pink cars. Uh, pink with a white roof. Um, 1989 Mini. Um, it looks to be in immaculate condition. 
Um, and like it's NCT'd until December next year, so you have to assume it's not um, structurally rusty. Um, only has 98,000 kilometers on the clock. Um, I say it's NCT'd and taxed. Um, and they have to, it's classic, it's 1989. Five and a half grand, looking forward. It's in Dublin, um, which seems like decent value to me for a classic mini. Um, I know it's not cheap, but you know, classic minis aren't going to get cheaper. So I don't know, you know, maybe just some wiggle room there, bring it down to five grand, get yourself a classic mini. Again, if you're comfortable with driving a pink one, which I would, um, check that out. Um, you'll find it, it's definitely the only classic pink mini on Dundee. So I'll wrap it up there now. When I'm at 36 minutes, and um, because I have to go back to work, and I've now knocked this out of the park. Terrible as always, but short and sweet at least this this week. And um, so if you have been listening, I love you as always. Uh, until I talk to you again, be safe, be well. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.